It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In episode two of the NFL Vent Zone, we're complaining about Carl Shanahan's drafting tendencies, laughing at the Bengals' long snapper situation, discussing the outlook for the Colts' wide receiver room, and much, much more. Get involved and get it off your chest. Let's go. Everybody and welcome into the NFL Vent Zone presented by Sport Tank. Ollie Hong and Christopher here, ready to help you through the trials and tribulations that come with supporting a team in the National Football League. Tebs, week one is in the books. How are you doing? How am I doing? I'm doing much better because today is Thursday. Because I tell you what, Ollie, Monday, oh, if you asked me how I was doing on Monday, the answer was not good. That's not because uh, the Dolphins lost, because as everyone saw, the Dolphins smashed the New England Patriots. <laughs> but while they were smashing the New England Patriots, I was smashing a crate of ye olde Budweiser-o. And um, many, many fallen soldiers that night led to my Monday being what can only be described as a write-off. Um, but with that, obviously I'm happy. I can't imagine that you're happy. I imagine you're very not happy, which is why we have the NFL Vent Zone, where you can get it off your chest, how you're feeling, because not only did you lose, you lost to the Bears, and the Bears are awful. The Bears have been uh, tagged by quite a few people as potentially the the worst team in the league. Um, So yeah, not the best way to start. I'm going to be look on the optimistic side of it, as I always like to do in life in general. and it was an absolute monsoon game. It's one of those ones where just the weather is so bad, you can potentially just say, look, let's just write off, pretend it didn't happen. We've got the Seahawks next, who are also not looking like the best <laughs> teams. Uh, but they do absolutely you... have our number. So we'll have to wait and see. You look at you look at this week. You look at this week. Giants, awful team, one. Seahawks, awful team, one. Bears, awful team, one. And then the Texans, well, Texans were doing Texans things. 
<laughs> it was, I know. I mean, that was quite a controversial end to that game. What with Lovey Smith deciding that a uh, a tie is better than going for a win against a a a, a, a close division rival who you don't normally get an opportunity an opportunity to beat. So, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting week. I enjoyed watching the Rams shit the bed. That was really, really fun to watch. Um, the, the Bills absolutely dominate them. Your Dolphins got off to a good start under Mike McDaniels, new coach. Um, and yeah, I mean, those are just good games across the board. So it really does feel like a relief to have the NFL season underway. And um, this lovely podcast that we've started up uh, should come in handy for people throughout the year um, or throughout the season, I should say. The NFL vent zone is really here for the fans, isn't it, Tebs? And uh, if you could kindly just explain the concept of the NFL vent zone, um, just so that people know what's going on, that would be much appreciated. So the NFL vent zone, it's sort of as it, as it sounds. Do you need to get someone off your chest? Are your shoulders weighing heavy with the burden of being a 49ers fan? Are your <laughs> shoulders weighing heavy with... The fact that you bought yourself a Carson Wentz Colts jersey last year. Disgusting. Well, this is the platform for you to take that frustration out, lift it off your chest, walk around, head held high, shoulders back, be a better human being at the NFL Vent Zone. So what we want need you to do, send your vents in, nflventzone at gmail.com, record something. Give it to us. Take it off your chest. Get that real passion out and just be happy. Be happy. I mean, absolutely. We're here for you. We're here for you struggling NFL fans. Um, Our teams have a real tendency to wind us up. And uh, we're here to just make sure that you can get that off your chest and not carry that burden uh, into the week with you. So without further ado, let's get venting. I've got (laughs) something to get off my chest. I'm going to unsurprisingly go to the 49ers now for for listeners that heard the last episode and i was obviously venting about the 49ers then don't be alarmed i'm not going to do this every single week we are going to this isn't going to become a 49er uh fan zone this is the nfl vent zone but just this week i've got something that i'd like to talk about no one is going to argue that the 49er head coach carl shanahan is a bad coach he's clearly talented all right i especially being a 49er fan uh, appreciate him being in the building the memories of jim tom sula uh, Chip Kelly, Brian Horry as a quarterback, miserable, miserable times. And it's undoubtedly uh, trajectory has gone up since Carl Shanahan's joined us. I'm very happy with him in our building. However, I would quite like to ask him and John Lynch to remove him from our draft room during the during the NFL draft, unsurprisingly. Every year, it just seems that he falls in love with a prospect and there's been story. There's just stories every single year that he gets on the table. He pounds the table for certain players and we end up then we we end up uh, trading up in the draft to completely overdraft them, um, and then it, that player just ends up inactive in week one or off the team in after year two or, or whatever. So it's just painful. So we're going to look at some highlights here. I think Chris has got a graphic to to kind of highlight the, the players that I'm talking about. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, for those of you that are going to watch this, uh, there's something to enjoy on the screen. But let's just go through them quickly. Joe Williams. This one's quite... It's just its just weird. Talented running back that retired from football for a four-game stretch during his final season at Utah. Okay. Four games. He was in his in college. He was like, yeah, I'm going to retire from the game for four. Retire. Went away for four games. Came back. Uh, we traded up for him and took him in the fourth round. 
He never played a snap in the NFL. Neither did Jalen Hurd. Uh, meaningful slaps, uh, snaps. They did play in the uh, preseason. Uh, Dante Pettis, another player that Shanahan fell in love with. It's worth noting on Joe Williams. Carl Shanahan said that he would have struggled uh, to go to sleep if we had not drafted Joe Williams. It kept him up all night. Pettis, uh, traded up to take him on with the 44th pick, round two. First season, he got 467 yards. Since then, his best season is 109 yards, and he is now on his third team. 109 yards in an entire season is his best result. You might think that I'm overreacting, but Trey Sermon is already on his second team, and Ty Davis Price, our third-round pick for this year, undra- uh, drafted in the third round, inactive in week one. There's just a common theme. I think that Carl Shanahan should stick to call in plays. Obviously, I'm not one to complain due to the logo that is on the cap I'm currently wearing. I mean, Trey Lance, what's he doing? Now, who did you who, who did you ship off them delicious mm, delicious picks to? I'm full of picks. Even though Stephen Ross threw those <laughs> picks away, trying to get Tom Brady, have we still got a first rounder? Yes, we do. Who does that belong to? The San Francisco 49ers. So this is where me and you are diametrically opposed because I don't want teams to struggle. I want your team to do awful this year. I want them to be the worst 49ers team in history. So the Miami Dolphins get a cheeky little draft pick. And to be fair, you should be thanking me for that because Carl Shanahan won't have a high pick on the table, so he can't bottle it. It's it's not the high picks that I'm worried about. The high picks, I mean, there have been some dodgy ones. I mean, you look at Solomon Thomas. We picked him in the third uh, with our third overall pick, and he was pretty underwhelming. But apparently we picked him... Because John Lynch w- went back and did a, a college course and was in the same class as Solomon Thomas. Then we drafted him in that. <laughs> no. Bit of a weird, like genuinely, so I don't know. I really kind of hope that's not the reason. Uh, Ruben Foster was a bit of a disaster. There's, we, we have a bit of a record for drafting people with either injury histories or um, off the field kind of character issues, which have not proven out well. But where we where the issues are is these third like it seems that Carl Shanahan takes over like rounds two to four where he falls in love with the player and convinces John to trade up for him. We've then got a really good track record in the like the fifth round on, onwards. Like George Kittle was a fifth rounder. Um, Talano Hufunga was like a fifth or sixth rounder. He's having a really good year this year after being a rookie last year. Yeah, I think that um, the bottom line is it tends to go well when uh, maybe John is in charge and uh, the rest of the back off, uh, front office, but Carl Shanahan, less so. Um, so, yeah, I feel good. I feel, feel good. To you feel lighter? To, to, to spoke, talk, talking? Talking of that. <laughs> to, to talk that through with you, Tebs, I feel a lot better. Um, so much so that I can't talk anymore. So I think we better hand it over to someone else. This event is from Cam major concern about the Colts this season coming in and has been over the summer as a wide receiver but I thought I'm going to give Chris Ballard the benefit of the doubt and think that the players that he thinks will step up that haven't been big factors in the past might do it but no after the first game we have Alec Pierce our rookie receiver who apparently has been amazing in camp dropping two uncontested touchdowns in the end zone and then another third pass he had six targets on the day or something like that. It was several, and 
no catches. He had no catches, despite having... We should have got a touchdown in the first quarter from him, but it should have been his first touchdown of his career, Matt Ryan's first touchdown as a Colt, but no, he drops it. Our receivers were so bad, they were not getting open against the fucking Texans. The fucking Texans. In the second half, we gave up trying to throw the ball and just thought, fuck it. Let's give it Taylor every play. And it worked, because Taylor's a good player. And Pittman's good too, me. But outside of them, we don't really have any weapons. We lost tight ends after last season. And now we've promoted like our second string tight end from last year to first string. And then we've just got a bunch of unknowns behind them. And the same with receivers. I don't quite know what the plan is. We need to bring back T.Y. Hilton. He's free, he's available, and he's good. And he can really help us go for the season. So there's Cameron. You can see, can feel that his body was tense in in talking about the Colts because let's talk about it. The Colts, as far as far as as far as I'm concerned, I had them maybe playoff run, not so much anymore. But Cam's issue here being that they've got two or three good pl- two or three really good players, but then everyone else is sort of letting the squad down. Ollie, what do you what do you think about Cam's gripe with the players on the Colts who just aren't turning up? I think it's warranted. I think that you're right when you say that they have I mean, in particular, two absolute stars. You'd argue that Jonathan Taylor is potentially the best running back in the league. And and um, Michael Pittman uh is a very was a very trendy uh candidate for like a, a player to completely make the leap and become a superstar. And if you look at his first game, it looks as if he's taken that that route. He, you know, he's had 120 yards and a touchdown. The issue is obviously the supporting cast. When you, I'm not entirely sure what their situation at tight end now is. I think it might still be Marley Cops. I can't remember if he's left, but they've got um, Alec Pierce, the second rounder. He dropped two, like um, Cam said, he dropped two touchdowns. And uh, yeah, I mean, with him, it's just it's frustrating and it's absolutely not what you want to see out of a player that you've drafted in the second round but I think with with wide receivers you just I don't know you you don't want to just season the week one is always overreaction season isn't it you massively overreact to things Alec Pierce might get a touchdown next week and be absolutely fine Paris Campbell is another wide receiver that struggled with issues uh, struggled with injuries but I don't know you just think there there are names there and it's just a case of whether they come through it's not a great start but there are names there. Maybe it's just worth persisting and not panicking too soon. It's one of those things where <clears throat> what what it's it seems like the Colts had set themselves up for a winning season to actually give it a bit of a push for the for the playoffs. You know, bringing in Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's not bad, but you know, after that first game, as you're right, it's a reaction season. It does seem like the Colts maybe are looking for that delicious tank tank season. Maybe. You know, the, like, oh, look. the Colts, do you say? Yeah, just because like the Colts have got missing pieces. Realistically, they need to they need to get a, they need to get a QB. But what are they going to do? Are they going to ship off Taylor for for a couple of first rounds to get some more le- leverage in? I just don't think. I think the Colts are a very special case. Going forward, it's going to be very very difficult to see um, what the Colts' plan is. Because they didn't look like world beaters, and I really, you know, I've got a soft spot for um, Indianapolis. Um, God knows why. I think they were my second choice teams before I went for the uh, Dolphins. Um, but there's just something. 
they're in they're they're in that kind of they're in a bit of a weird spot at the moment where they've got a couple of stars um if you look at the def- uh, the defense the defense as well um Shaquille Leonard now did you see that Darius Leonard changed his name to Shaquille Leonard um but they've got some bits on they've got some bits but they've just well, they're well, not the full package yet speaking speaking of Colts names we're going to get off Cam's topic a little bit TY Hilton yeah why what do you know why he's called do you know do you, what do you think is the reason why he's called TY it's not his first name. It's not his middle name. I have absolutely no idea. I was going let to Google it now. Let me ask you: What do you think Ty Hilton's first name is? <laughs> Touchdown! It's Eugene. Oh, it's Eugene. Okay, right. Good old Eugene. Eugene what a guy! Okay. So, do, I, do you know where the Ty bit came from? Not a clue. Okay, not well, a clue. I don't understand why he's called Ty Hilton. Eugene, Eugene, mate, br- mate, bring Eugene. some, mate, bring some more flames to those Eugenes of the world. Be the best Eugene. Good day for Eugenes. Although to be fair, he's not, he's currently unemployed, so maybe that it'll be true. a good day for Eugene if the Colts do call him up. And I actually think that is that is a good shout. I think that they Get it him. might be worth just because they don't need him to do lots. Because well, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll, t- I'll tell you, Ollie, because I know Cam personally. He has said to me multiple times. He's like Chris. I'm telling you, the Colts are going to get OBJ. No, Cam. No, they're not. They're literally not, are Wait, they? He is gagging to go back to the Rams. OBJ, he was at their game against the Bills. Yeah. Wait, wait, looking, was like it... a, uh, looking like the Rams merch shop, shop had thrown up on him. He had so much Rams merch on him. I think that if you have money, it should be on that, that he goes back to the Rams. Yeah, if they, if they If they don't go to the playoffs, maybe he will go to the Colts. Um, in the meantime, T.Y. Hilton might be a good shout for the boys in blue. Uh, right then, about halfway through, so now it's time to put a request out. Uh, we want to hear your vents. We want to hear everybody's vents. We just want to help everyone. Tebs, Tebs is the most generous person in the world. He just wants to help everyone. He wants you all to make sure you're feeling okay. And the only way that we can help you is by sending us your vents. So the best way to do that is to email us nflventzone at gmail.com um you can we prefer to have a a voice note if you could send us a voice note we can get you on the pod just like you've been hearing from cam uh so far um and more to come uh but if you if you don't like the sound of your voice please do email us anyway we're the more the merrier uh, on that front uh and we can the nfl vent zone is here single-handedly curing the nfl fan uh community <laughs> So cheers to that. Um, right, next up, we're going to go to a very frustrated Bengals fan, uh, Jordan. Well, this weekend, the Cincinnati Bengals seemed to have forgot one scenario, and that is if their snapper gets injured. Honestly, I reckon what happened probably in the in the preseason, they're sat in a meeting talking about tactics, and they went, oh, wait a minute, who uh, who in the room would like to be our backup snapper? No one put their hand up, so they gave it to our second choice tight end. It'll be fine. That'll never happen. What goes and happens? Buddy McPherson hit a 59-yard field goal. His best ever in the first half. Extra points after scoring the game, what should have been the game-winning touchdown. Snaps too high, gets blocked. Overtime, field goal within range. Snaps too high. Balls down and he absolute shank Lampard's it. 
What a disaster. A game that if the Bengals were playing a good team, we would have lost anyway. But the fact the Steelers were so poor that it dragged out to overtime and we had to watch that absolute disaster of a football match. The Bengals will come back, obviously. They'll be good this season, but plan these events. It's going to happen at some point. Tragic. Quite a funny point, and it's an interesting one, to be honest, because it's one of those things that seems like such a minor thing. It's something that's just probably never going to happen. And uh, when it does happen, it actually has a chance to cripple your cripple the result more than anything else in a game. I mean, kicking is an important part of it. <laughs> and I think this weekend proved that. I mean, in not just this game, there was multiple games where the kickers had a uh, had a bit of a disaster. So, yeah, I mean, situations like this, uh, minor until they're not, and then they're absolutely massive issues. Like that's what that, like that's why you pay a specific person who's gone to like long snapper camp, long snapper school. That's why you pay them not a lot of money, but you pay them money for the specific position. Because everyone, you've seen Ace Ventura. I'm sure loads of people have. What they say, Lace is out. But sometimes it doesn't matter when you've got Minka Fitzpatrick, another player who I dislike intently. Um, doing this something is not your event. No, I know. We'll, we'll get into Minka Fitzpatrick's one day. Um, but, like, <clears throat> as much as this is a Bengals, a, a Bengals thing, this can be extended to the Titans as well like Randy Bullock's normally quite automatic misses it you've lost to the Giants congratulations or like even on the flip side you see Cade York for the Browns and now the Browns have ruined Baker Mayfield's dreams you know it's it's very important he is right the Bengals will bounce back but it's a crushing loss against a division a division rival especially when like that division's quite heated at the very least yeah it's brutal it is it is absolutely brutal i mean the best example that i can give and i apologize i've got a dog going mad somewhere in the house um it's happy don't worry uh yeah a a good example of preparing for the worst all you have to do is look at the chiefs literally this weekend um so justin reed is their safety he came in uh because uh harrison buck uh, twisted his ankle on i believe the kickoff a kickoff, and uh, yeah, he he couldn't therefore take any kicks. So Justin Reed, the safety, comes in, nails a point after, uh, nails an extra point, which is not actually as easy as you would think. I think I remember like another game last year. I can't remember who it was, but someone had to come in, and they were making a real hash of it. I mean, you see actual kickers miss po- extra points as well. It happens, and he nailed it. But then the most impressive thing as well, he then took off, took the next, um, he took the next kickoff. And he nailed the kickoff through the uprights as well. I mean, that's what you call preparing for the worst and preparing in a good way. And uh, fair play to Justin Reed. I saw that he got a shout out from um, uh, Pat McAfee, and uh, he he was quite a popular character on it, social media. I, wouldn't it have been great if he won um, AFC Special Team of the Week? Cade, you'll get to go and kill it. But that's important. Like you've got to know the background of some of your squads because Justin Reed played kicker in high school. Obviously, he's probably not had that experience in booting a ball especially in an, in an NFL environment, especially playing for, you know, quite a, a high market team. But he went out there and absolutely smashed it. And that is just preparation. But like you can see it um, historically through the NFL, there have been points in which 
some non-punters have drilled balls, absolutely mm. drilled them. So like you, you see a couple. You, there's a compilation up on on the on the old YouTube of Tom Brady punting the ball, or Ben Roethlisberger punting the ball, and it's always just an absolute sensation. I think this could so- be triggering. This could be triggering an NFL rent zone debate podcast where we figure out whether punters are actually necessary. <laughs> that could be what's happening next. Yes, yes, they are because I tell you what, Dolphins punter Morstead, he was oh, he was putting him in the one, putting him at the five, putting him at the three. Um, You'll get your opportunity to talk about the Dolphins, don't you? Worry. Yes. By the way, yes, so yeah, just going back to the Bengals very quickly. Then that was heartbreak. I mean, to lose to the Steelers. And a game they should have won. Painful. You have to say though, but like Burrow in the first half. Yeah, awful. Awful. Weird. Awful. Weird. Weird. His, his uh <laughs> the people were calling for his head in, in a number of group chats that I'm in, they were saying, Wow, he's cooked. He's actually oh. cooked. I can't believe uh, I can't believe this. They're gonna have to send Joe Burrow down the river. He's he's gonna be the best XFL quarterback of all time. Um <laughs> You know, but he fresh, turned it around. Fresh um, off a Super Bowl, first game of the season, first half of the season. Got get into the, the XFL, Burrow, no, Joe Shiesty, and Joe Shiesty playing for like the DC defenders. If he had, if he had had a second half like he had in the first half, um, we might have had a he, few angry Bengals venters <sighs> about Joe Burrow, and that could have been quite an interesting topic. That is true. <laughs> um, right, the moment that I know you've been waiting for, Tebs. Everybody buckle up. It's time for Tebs' event. So we're going to stay on the topic of quarterbacks. And we're going to stay in the same division as the Bengals and the Steelers. The Browns quarterback. No, 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 no. Not that one. Not not the one that has done things and has been suspended for 11 games. The one that started this Sunday. Jacoby Brissett. I hate Jacoby Brissett with a passion. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I would walk to Cleveland from sunny Coventry just to punch him in the face, just to be in the same, just to be in the stadium when he gets sacked. Just, I'd love it. I would, I would pay VIP tickets, padded seat, comfy, full course, Michelin star meal, just to watch TJ Watt, you know, if he's back, come flying at him 90 miles an hour. Like I put you this, if if I if I knew how much I could hate a person, I would have not dislocated my knee, and I would be a good solid seventh round D tackle for the Steelers or the Ravens or the Browns or not even the Browns, not the Browns. maybe the Browns. In, no Browns. You but, no, do you know what I do? Do you know what I do? I would be on the Browns just so I have to practice with Jacoby Brissett as quarterback. Immediately get thrown off the team because I because I crunched him. Why? Why? Why do you hate Kevin Brissett? Last year, Buffalo Bills scumbag squad. They are. They broke my sweet prince's rib. To a tag of Ilo. they broke his rib. And who was the backup for the Dolphins? Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett then proceeded to put on an absolute masterclass of what it means to be an awful quarterback. Did you see? Would you see one? And seven, we start one and seven. We started. Jacoby Brissett, most of those, and then I had the absolute displeasure because not only was me, there was me in the room on Sunday. There was a Ravens fan, 
there was a Panthers fan. The Panthers played the Browns, and obviously Deshaun Watson is busy doing Deshaun Watson things. Um, and Jacoby Brissett was the starting quarterback for the Browns. And you know what? Baker Mayfield was not good either, because on Sunday I watched the worst quarterback play I have ever seen, ever seen. And I am a British university <laughs> football. I've covered that. It was awful. I've never well, seen something so uninspired. Disgusting. To that, point, to that point. So the winning quarterback, the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns going 1-0 and against the Jets, had a quarterback rating of 38.1. 38.1, that put him 24th. So shockingly, there's actually eight quarterbacks worse than him. Quick maths. Um, yeah, he passed for 147 yards, completion 52%. Rough game. And oh, it's a painful game as well. I, t- I tell you I tell you what. I was sat there with the Panthers fan. He said, guys, turn it off. I, I don't want to watch this game anymore. No. You have made your choice to support the Panthers. So I put him through it. You, we did not turn that game off for a single second. Not one second was that game not on. And honestly, awful. Because I had one score on TV screen, Tua. The other screen, Lamar. Other two, Jacoby. I hate Jacoby. I would, I would buy. I want to earn enough money to buy every Jacoby Brissett jersey that has ever been printed, just to bonfire it, just, just, just to burn it. But like, but like, I want him to see it. I want to personally invite him to my bonfire. I'm, you know what I'm do? I'm gonna get one of those big American marshmallows, right? Big one, and I'm just gonna stick it there and. And I will have the most delicious marshmallow ever. Do you know why? Because it's roasted over the flames of burning Jacoby Brissett jerseys. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to delicious. also take this moment just to clarify, uh, disclaimer that the NFL vent zone means to make no harm towards Jacoby Brissett himself. Just we'll just no, no, get no. out. I'm sure he's just a lovely the, just, <laughs> just the idea. But his, that's the best part about the NFL vent zone. Now I've got it off my chest. If I saw good big old Jacoby, I'd give him a nice big hug. I'd feel so much better. Well, also, we, he's doing. If he continues to play like that, we will hopefully watch him do damage to a team that we don't really want to do that well this year. In fact, True. we very strongly don't want to do well. So, I think the more the more of Jacoby we see, the better. Um, watch, watch, the, watch this. Watch this. Jacoby's actually a, the biggest humanitarian in the world, and he is going to be the Brown starting quarterback for eleven games, and he's going to suck, and he's going to suck just because of the Browns' difficult morality choices they've made. I I think that he is a nice guy, so you never know. Let's cross our fingers and hope that uh, he surprises everyone and uh, and uh, just protests essentially. Um, all right, good. So there we go. We've covered the um, the, the dolphins now. Uh, Tevs is going to just take a minute and uh, and and enjoy that. Uh, right next up, we're going to an- another frustrated fan base uh, after a week one disappointment. Uh, it's the let's look at the Broncos. Honestly, the only thing I have to complain about is the fucking piss-poor management of the Broncos game Monday night. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, why... The time management was awful. Why not use your time match? And then to make it an embarrassment of yourself by fucking using all your time matches to prevent the inevitable loss. Ridiculous. Nathaniel Hackett shit the bed big time. Also, throw the ball four from five. Don't kick a six-four-yard field goal at sea level, you stupid fucking clowns. Straight to the point. I like that. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, you can understand why I would be frustrated. I mean, they just made Russell Wilson a very wealthy man by giving him a, a long, 
contract. I don't know exactly how much, 240 million or something like that. Um, fourth and five, fourth and short um, game on the line. 64-yard field goal, I think it was. That would potentially have been the longest field goal ever. There was a minute to go. They had they had timeouts. There was a minute to go. There was plenty of time to just take a timeout, cool, calm and collected, come up with a play, back their team, right? Not only have they got Russell Wilson, their shiny new quarterback who they should just be uh, desperate to roll out and show off. They've also got Cortland Sutton on the outside. They've got Jerry Judy, two extremely talented uh, wide receivers. They've got, I don't know, I can't say his full name. So Albert O, that's his, that's their tight end, Aguero Bainong. <laughs> that's wrong, definitely. But Albert O, they've got some very talented receivers. Who do they have at running back? Javonte Williams, Melvin Gordon, take your pick. You'd back that squad to get four or five yards, whatever it was. Go down, beat the Seahawks. But no, I mean, I think that, that Dom was right. Nathaniel Hackett in his first game as head coach with the Broncos absolutely shut the bed. He panicked. He didn't know what was going on. Well, maybe we'll let him off because it's week one and it's his first game. But if if that happens regularly throughout the season, he might not make it to the end. What what annoyed me most about that whole situation was if you're a head coach, you've got to be sure of your decision. You've got to be, even in the face of incompetence, you stick to your guns and say, no, I did what I thought was right. Nathaniel Hackett yeah. did the opposite. After the, afterwards, I, it was reported that he said, uh, we, maybe sh- we maybe shouldn't have kicked it on fourth and five. No, you don't. You don't. If you're a head coach, you don't admit that you're wrong. You oh, yeah. never admit that you're wrong because that just makes you seem more of an idiot. At least, like someone who's like awful, like Hugh Jackson, would he at least be like, "No, I'm sure that I made the right decision. I am the head coach of the Cleveland Browns." No, it's oh no, oh oops, oops. We uh we lost the, we lost game two, as many people say, the worst team currently in the NFL. You know, Geno Smith. Geno Smith. Geno Smith. Apparently, Geno Smith has got like a great week one, like um, covering the spread in betting. Apparently, he's sick and he did it again. I cannot believe the Seahawks um, beat them. And, and he was good. He had a call. Made- I think he was like the third best quarterback according to like quarterback rating. Disgusting. Disgusting. But Drew Locke, where he should be, on the bench. Stay there, <laughs> Mr. Locke. Don't hurt yourself. I think we can um, agree on that. The funniest thing... Be... Go ahead, sorry, go ahead, Tev. It's going to be interesting to see how they play now they've got a win. Because they've now shown the entire audience and the analysts and um, people that maybe maybe we're not as bad as we thought. But I think it just play, it shows that like Pete Carroll with a bad team can beat the Denver Broncos, a good Denver Broncos team with bad coaching. That's what I feel this whole thing boils down to. Bad coaching. Yeah, it shows the, yeah, it really shows the value of coaching. Um, And yeah, I mean, you would expected, you would have expected a lot more from the Broncos throughout the game. Um, I think that, I think that this is, you can potentially put this down to teething problems. They will, um, they'll figure it out. I think that, um, Cortland Sutton could probably get involved a bit sooner. They started with th- three throws to um, a tight end called Beck, who no one had heard of. Um, and obviously losing to the Seahawks is a bad, bad way to start. I thought it was funny because 
Uh, Nathaniel Hackett obviously came out and said that, yeah, perhaps they did do the wrong thing. And quoted before that, Russell Wilson said, I completely trust uh, Nathaniel Hackett. I completely trust. I believe in him. And uh, the, the next quote we see is uh, Hackett saying, I don't even believe in myself. So, Like Russell, Wils- Russell Wilson is a veteran quarterback. If, if I see fourth, fourth and five with seconds ticking down, He's able to do it as well. I'm a QB. I'm a Super Bowl QB. I'm an MVP. Yeah. Time out. Exactly. He's totally capable of it. Uh, Before we uh, end up on this point, um, this is an opportunity for producer Cash to have his moment. I think he has something that he wants to contribute to this particular point. And come on in. (laughs) Hello, gentlemen. I, I just I said there's two things I think from uh, this event that we uh, that we definitely learned is one that we are definitely an explicit podcast. Yes, <laughs> and uh, yeah. also I did the number crunching and <laughs> it's a new record for most swear words and that's five. So uh, any any future <clears throat> events, then uh, you know you know what to beat. Well, the, well, what's funny as well is that um, he uh, he only did a thirty second event. Normally they're a minute. So if if we're going to get like NFL and analytical with this. He was projected for 10 swear words for his event. So uh, all I can say, Dom... To be fair, fair, if I was a Broncos fan, I'd probably be averaging 10 swear words a minute with with any conversation. (laughs) Any conversation, someone asked me, someone asked me how my dinner is. Oh, do you see that fucking Broncos game last night? So this is also a call out to Broncos fans. If you are a Bronco fan and you want to get something off your chest, you know where to go. NFLventzone at gmail.com. We're here for you. We're here for you. So hopefully you mess up this weekend as well. And then you have plenty of reason to get in touch and uh, and vent to myself and Tevs and uh, producer Cash. Um, and uh, funnily enough, following on from our most explicit vent, we also would like to point out that we're not all about negativity here. No. We like to be, we, you know, we recognise that there's lots of good things going on and there's lots to be celebrated and in particular to to brag about. So... We're also going to give... Uh, so Cam had a lot to say uh, and, and it wouldn't all fit into one vent. So we're giving him an opportunity to uh, to also feature later in the podcast as our, as our brag of this week's show. So let's roll it, please. On the bright side, how about the New York Giants beating the Tennessee Titans to make us tied for the lead in the division? Nothing makes me happier about the Colts drawing than seeing the Tennessee Titans lose the Jags lose and the AFC South just had a shit off basically they were trying to be as bad everyone seemed like they are trying to be as bad as possible and it was great it was very entertaining it was great fun and but I'm so happy the Giants oh, when I saw them miss the field goal I laughed so hard oh it's great it's great who doesn't love to see the Titans suffering? Oh, washed up Tannehill. Henry's coming off an injury. He's going to be over the hill. So I still feel really, really good about our chances of winning the division just because everyone else is shit. But you never know. It's, it's, it's football. But I feel good about that. I don't think I've ever heard the phrase shit off before. And that is immense. I think we should get away with like, oh, you know, it's a tank game. No, it's a shit off. <laughs> because you know you've got like like Panthers Panthers Giants this week, that's a shit off. Oh, that's such a good. What the one and O Giants? Wait, the one and O Giants for all Grow we know, up. they could be going on a Super Bowl run. 
grow up, mate. Did you see Saquon Barkley? Saquon Barkley. Honestly, do you want to know why I did say see Saquon Barkley? Because I think, as I said last week, I wasn't prepared for my first pick in the fantasy draft. So the computer auto-picked me Saquon Barkley. And thank the Lord above, because I'm now 1-0. Well, stop. This isn't a fantasy podcast. I'm now 1-0, and I have the highest scoring offense, the highest scoring team in the whole league. And honestly, end it now. End the league now. I have won. Stop um, the count. Hashtag stop but, the count. But honestly, but like, but he's got a good point. Like, it went round. The, the gif went round. The video went round of the unstoppable King Henry getting smoked. Oh, yeah, yeah, by, yeah. by one of the New York Giants. And obviously, like, let's be honest, Daniel Jones, he's gone. He's gone after next year. He's gone. He's he's, he's no matter what happens, he's gone. He could win the Super Bowl. He's gone. He's not gone. If you know, he wins the Super not, Bowl, he's not gone. <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, you're right because they'll treat him like Eli Manning and wait for him to become the worst quarterback in history and ruin any chance of being in the Hall of Fame and just throw him off the thing. But, but you know, Cam, like Cam is right. FC South, no teams have a victory this week. None. No, I thought that it was. I thought it was a bit rich to take a victory lap. Of being top when you tied to the uh, to the Texans and you're top with hey. the Texans is rich, but I kind of love it as well. You take the victory laps when you yeah, can get when it. you can. Honestly, count. mate, like that yeah. is you know you know we've had a shit off, but celebrating that that's textbook shit housing, and I <laughs> love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm top. I'm top of the leaderboard. Why are you top of the leaderboard? More Drew with the Texans. Yeah, and uh, I guess uh, praise uh, Lovey Smith there for uh, for taking the cowardly route of uh, of punting, uh, punting with twenty seconds to go, fourth and three. Talk of questionable head coaching calls. Lovey Smith is right up there. And to that point, I released a blog today. I released a blog, my first NFL vent zone column, and in that I did discuss the um, Lovey Smith decision to punt rather than go for the win to sacrifice a potential uh, to go for the tie sorry to sacrifice a potential win against a uh, an AFC rival uh, in the Colts so that that never happened but you can read about it in my blog please on the uh, Sport Tank website um, so do go check that out oh right there you go so week two is about to start that's pretty exciting we've got the Chiefs versus the uh, um, Chargers tonight, that's potentially the most exciting matchup in the whole of the league. And they're in the division, so in the same division. So we get them twice a year. What a great. And also the best, best part is, you know, I've got Amazon Prime. And it's Prime Thursdays. This is, we're not sponsored by good old Big Jeff. But I'm just saying that I'm happy about that if I choose to stay up and watch it, which I probably will. Because I'll probably put a bet on it. Oh, yeah. Herbert to throw four. 300 yards. Honestly, because, because you know, we're on the thing. Prediction, Chargers win. There you go. I think Chargers come away with it. I think the Chargers are going to win as well. I think that it's a bit tricky that um, Keenan Allen is is out. <clears throat> that's that's actually a pretty major move, but I think... Uh, that Chiefs win. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when you look at... Yeah, Allen is out, but they've got Josh Palmer... And uh, DeAndre Carter played hot, really nicely last week, but I think Josh Palmer is actually going to have a big game. So my big prediction, Josh Palmer is going to score the winning touchdown. Um, this is going to get clipped up and we're going to 
present it everywhere to make us look like geniuses when it happens because it is going to happen um but for now that is it thank you so much for listening to the nfl vent zone a reminder that when you get pissed off at your team this weekend send us your vents nflventzone at gmail.com we want you on the podcast um so yeah that would be great tebs thanks a lot mate any last words from you <clears throat> may the lord save me on monday morning that is all i must say I've, i hope that you win i think it's going to be a, a, another good monday well a, a better monday for you well given uh, it's the end of the show i'm simply gonna say so do i <laughs> <laughs> all right cheers everyone tune in next week for some more events we'll catch you soon enjoy the game Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.